You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel. Our look at the Australian film industry and things that are happening, uh, films that are coming out, and things that are worthwhile you are being aware of. And the film we're going to concentrate on today is called The Giants. And it is um, a very interesting documentary. It's by filmmakers Laurence Billier and Rachel Anthony. And uh, it's um, about the uh, the trees, the giant trees in places like the Tarkine, um, the Gongwanaland uh, time era trees. Uh, and the other giant is, of course, Bob Brown. <clears throat> Excuse me. It uh, it fuses uh, the life of Bob Brown with the uh, ecology of the giant trees that are really are um, beholden to the um, economic madness of the human race at the moment. Uh, but actually, the grip is a two way street because uh, the survival of the planet and the humans on it. Uh, require the amazing uh, uh, organisms such as these trees. And this film is quite a fascinating uh, perspective on the trees because as I had a chat with the filmmakers, um, and you'll hear from the chat, that uh, they use a whole lot of different ways of bringing us, the audience, into the uh, ecosystems of those trees. It's incredibly informative. I mean, I don't know if any of you have actually been to the Tarkine. I did. I had the lucky um, chance to do such a thing. And it's just uh, beyond uh, my uh, understanding how uh, you could think that uh, knocking these trees down would be a good idea on any level at all. But... um, it is quite a, an en- enormous experience to be amongst those trees. And this film actually brings us to to those trees, as well as to the campaigner who uh, came to the fore, Bob Brown, who spent about 50 years of his life actually campaigning for the uh, forests and the other parts of the natural environment uh, in his home. Well, he lives in uh, Tasmania, as you'll learn in this film, a lot of stuff about his past life, his family life, and all the battles 
that have made him the man that he is. Uh, it's a, quite an interesting film. And in fact, there's going to be a whole lot of different ways that you can experience the film. Uh, and uh, at the end of the little chat that I had with the filmmakers, Laurence Billier and uh, Rachel Anthony, um I'll give you some uh, information about how you can access the film as it comes out later uh, this month. So here we go. Let's let's have a chat with the filmmakers. Um, thank you very much for giving me some time. Um, uh, the giants, of course, are the uh, the trees, the uh, fantastic native forests, and uh, the other is, of course, Bob Brown. So how did this all begin for you guys? Uh, well, it sort of um, it was sort of a ideas that came together, I guess. Um, Laurence had made a film called Freeman for the ABC, um, and so we were thinking, I guess, in our headspace about iconic Australian figures, and at the same time, um, we were reading quite a lot about trees, um, things like The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Wollivan, um or Finding the Mother Tree by Susan Simard, The Overstory by Richard Powers. So we were getting really interested around trees, which of course is coinciding with that whole school strikes movement. And then um, when the fires happened, we were quite traumatised by, I guess, the loss of our forest canopy and the impact that had, you know, in terms of um, natural, uh, sorry, native animals and and um, flora and fauna. And it's hard to know now two years later how all these things came together but they just sort of came in in this kind of soupy format um and we just thought we want to make a film about bob brown but we also want to make a film about the forest and let's just intertwine those two things and that's partly because of the reading kind of made us more aware of the similarities between human life and plant life which are things that despite being nature lovers we hadn't really considered up to that point so we thought this is a lovely way of exploring a life and what it is to be alive on this planet and when we pitched that to Bob he said yeah I'll do it for the trees so we found the right pitch yeah yeah uh, I was going to say um uh, there's a whole lot of things to talk about here of course uh, uh this is the second film I've seen recently which he has been intertwining a a a big thought a big thing which is the uh, gong wonderland uh, era native forests with a personal story and in, in in a funny kind of way it's a very hard journey to take both intertwined two stories at the same time isn't it how did you manage to do that in your own mind I mean it's successful um, but it's an interesting approach isn't it yeah I think it was um, you know I guess the the, um, the those forests are epic um of epic scale and there's there's something monumental about uh those old growth forests in Tasmania and in Australia. There's also somehow something monumental about Bob's life. Um and in fact while we really struggled to fit um the story of the trees in the film, uh, fitting Bob's story it was even more challenging to a certain extent because the man's been up to so much in uh in the 40 or 50 years that he's been um you know sort of in the public eye. And so it was kind of a monumental task on both on both sides of the story um, and um, and very much an epic one as well. I mean, Bob's life is completely epic. Um, so we kind of 
that was kind of the starting point, I guess, is we wanted to kind of bring to life the epic nature of uh, of forest, on, on our old-growth forest. You know, they're the oldest forest in the world. They're the tallest forest in the world. They're some of the richest forests in the world. It's it's you know, There's not enough superlatives for, for, for the kind of forest we have. And yet, I think very few Australians are kind of aware of that. Um, and they're not aware of how special it is on the global stage. Um, and so, and, and equally... Um, how special someone like Bobby is as well. I mean, we're familiar with people like, you know, Greta Thunberg on a global level, but Bobby in many ways um, has done things of a similar uh, sort of uh, impact um, and has had such a profound impact on Australian uh, culture, really, and, and sort of history as well, not just on environmentally. Um, so, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an interesting and quite um, stimulating exercise for us to try to weave those two things together. And while they were things we knew from the outset, we wanted to kind of connect um, between the tree life and Bob's life. Some of it also kind of ha happened a little bit more sort of through the process of making the film. Like there were, there were a number of surprises as well for us in terms of how we connected those things together. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Actually, there was a lot of people who actually were uh, happy for you to be making this film. I noticed uh, that you crowdfunded uh, and uh, you were very successful. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I think it says something about the desire and the hunger for this film. Um, I think we were very successful in, uh, you know, we were able to finance that film pretty quickly. We had support of major film partners, you know, Screen Australia, Vic Screen. Um, the Adelaide Film Festival, like some of the more traditional uh, film funders, but we also then, you know, had to take it to um, to sort of the outside world to top it up, and 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 we were we were able to do that very quickly, and I think it speaks volume about um, people wanting to see that film because one of the things that surprised us with Rachel when we started working on it is that when when we worked on Freeman, there were lots and lots of feature pieces uh, on Kathy Freeman. Um, you know, uh, nine, you know, sixty minutes and Australian story, and there was so much about her um, from from way back to kind of more recently. And when we started doing research on Bob, there was very little. In fact, there was no sixty minute. There was no Australian story, and we were kind of intrigued by that. We wondered what it meant, um, considering what he's done and over the last forty years. How come there was so little mainstream coverage of his life um, and I think that's an interesting question in terms of, you know, the way that media works in Australia. So when we came up with this idea for the film, I think um, a lot of people responded really were very excited about it because that's a story that they wanted to see and it's a story that they wanted to be to 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 tell. Um, and so it wasn't very hard, um, all things being equal for us to put this together. Having said that, I mean, um, but we didn't precisely crowdfund. We had like some really great support from Paul Weigart at um, Madman, and he introduced us to some pretty influential philanthropists, and that made things happen a lot more quickly than they would have if we had been passing, you know, jam tin around with our friends and family. <laughs> so we were um, extraordinarily lucky in in that support, early support. Yeah, because we we got um, we managed to do. Uh, this film, uh, yeah, without sort of a major broadcaster on board or anyone like that. So, um, again, that's interesting to think about that sort of dichotomy between um, the people who want to see the film and the people who commission the film. 
Yeah. Uh, the the other thing that I find really fascinating about this film is the uh, way you've made the film. The, you've twined. It's almost like DNA uh, sneaking together. Uh, but uh, the writing of it, it must have been an interesting process because you've done a beautiful job trying to personify, or not even personify, but to give it a, a sort of a almost a sensation of what those trees are about in the real world um, using animation. And also you've gone out and you've spoken to a whole lot of people who, who dedicate their life to science, the science of watching, really. <laughs> Tell me about that. About the scientists? Yeah, um, the scientists. So... Throughout the film, we we ha we made a deliberate decision not to film pieces to camera. We felt they can feel a bit wooden, and then it takes people out of that mindset because they're busy looking at how people look and how they feel about that. And we just wanted to plunge people straight into the forest. And so there are a number of things that we did to try and enhance that with the cinemascope and the animation. We wanted to find different ways of looking at the forest. People would look again so that it didn't feel familiar so a lot of people are probably quite familiar with this very hyper realistic documentaries you might see from the likes of David Attenborough and we didn't want to do that we wanted to almost occupy that imaginary state what is a forest physically but also what is it in our imaginations so we created this landscape and then we sat around looking for people who could really explain things to us and it was quite fascinating I think that Obviously, scientists have a particular way of talking, but it may have been just because the way we came at it, asking actually often quite simple, basic questions, sort of snapped them out of those usual um, responses. And they were able to bring so much colour to their work and to the trees. And I really feel that they've made those trees alive in so many different ways. And after speaking to them we just came away with this absolute wealth of knowledge and just really um convinced of how exciting and special and unique our forests are and also wanting to know more about them did uh, did you make two films that you then brought together <laughs> no uh we we didn't we we made we wrote a script um we had our bob and we had our trees and we look for places that they could intersect and we found places to do that and most of the time we had ideas in mind before we cut it together but as Lawrence said sometimes things happen in a more certain with a bit of ceremony serendipity thank you um it but, does yeah, well, it's sort of we had um we had a storyboard with uh you know bob with uh you know the pink post-its notes and uh, the sticky tape notes and then um the forest in 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 blue and and then we would just sort of constantly move those things around and try to see where where the excitement was in terms of where they were connecting and sometimes this was more of a visual throw from one space to another sometimes it was more of a, a narrative throw and and we tried uh, many things um as we went and kept moving things along um so it was always one film, but yeah, we're very much too 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 narrative that we tried to kind of interweave as best we could. I think in the end, though, um, you know, the obviously the trees takes you out of that activism um, 
space and pace um so it slows it down while other bits are, a bit are speeding up um but i think in the end you should walk away understanding why bob brown has dedicated basically 50 years of his life to saving trees so yeah yeah, yeah. it was a big part of the the sort of the film for us is that that idea of bringing to life someone's inner world yeah um and i think the the forest world uh, the story of the trees do that you kind of uh, even though it's in the tree world, not in Bob's world, but yeah. it does give you, a, I think, a quite an emotional and quite in-depth understanding of what makes him tick and what it's all about for him. It, it was so lovely to find out about his family and how generous his parents were and how honoured they were. Um, just as a little aside, a friend of mine and I went on a journey to look at the Tarkine on purpose. And one of the uh, thing, and so for me, the whole idea of the trees is just completely, um, it's not spiritual, it's just everything really um but we stopped and spoke uh, and dropped in to bob brown because uh, my friend is a, a green supporter and so we went there and they were there so uh bob brown was there and uh his partner and we sat in the in the paddock and drank beers and had a chat um and i'm thinking to myself this man is just so they're just so friendly they're such nice people. And the other thing that got me was nobody says that Bob Brown's got an amazing blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very handsome man, and I think he's getting more and more handsome. I, I don't want to be rude and objectifying him in any way, but um, just objectively speaking as, you know, from a cinematography point of view, um, yeah, he's got a very arresting look. He's very charismatic. I think um, partly people... Our generation, I guess, have um, also are used to seeing him in the context of the parliament, the Senate, and news footage, which is not necessarily, um, you know, the most flattering. And it's kind of a particular look and, and you know, that sort of news vibe. Um, but suddenly it was just a delight to work through um, some of the footage, the archive footage from Bob um, in the 70s and 80s. And some of the stuff we filmed is extremely charismatic, it has a uh, is great presence on screen, um, which is you know not a surprise, knowing how how much he's captivated Australians. But um, but it was nice to um to 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 re-explore that and uh, and play with that in the context of the film too. He yeah, also yeah. has a little um twinkle in his eye. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's he's yeah. a real natural, but also his uh, partner. What's his name? Paul Thomas. Paul. Paul. He's a he's such a charming person. You know, like. Yes. Uh, and the fact that they let us, uh, you know, spent time with us and had a chat and we walked up the back back of their property and we went down to the river to look for um, platypus, you know, I just, it's just, and the neighbour down the road was really rude about him because we could, didn't know where to go. So it, what the dynamic that you talk about, like here's this person who is just so brave and has done so many things to uh, bring um, a, a white Australia into the context of uh, reality. Um, and the neighbour down the road, if he had a gun, he would have shot him, you know? <laughs> the yeah, dynamic. it's still very much um, part of the, you know, the, the, that sort of constant tension. Um, but what really um, 
surprised that I'm not sure if surprising is the word, but one of the things that really um, uh, marked us is the fact that, yeah, Bob is exactly like you'd expect him to be. He's just lovely, extremely genuine person. Um, he's very much in the moment. He has a beautiful ear, like he just loves listening to people and has this quality that he can really have conversations with everyone, you know, from the president to the taxi driver. Um, he's taking, you know, he's, he's looking at everybody the same. And I think, you know, as per in the film, but it's real, it's a, it's a real, real fact when you meet him um, that he cares equally about everyone, regardless of their, you know, status or anything like that. Which is, I think also while he can, you know, people might talk about Bob as being, having been polarizing at certain points, but ultimately I think in, in person, he is so personable that, he disarms people and despite the fact there's not a lot of support for him in the mainstream media overall I would say um they're really scratching around to try and find something negative to say about him and they really come up with nothing um and in fact I interviewed Christine Milne and she talked about how she had first encountered him and um he came and spoke uh the campaign she was running against Wesley Pulp Mill and um a whole bunch of farmers there and she was a bit unsure about inviting him and she got up and, of course, he spoke and they all expected them to jeer. But he made, there were a couple of younger guys making some silly remarks and he just said, oh, don't mind the potty calves or something. And then all the farmers laughed and then afterwards they came up to her and said, you know, if I'd you know, spoken to him before and he was up in a tree, you know, if I had, you know, if I'd encountered him up in a tree, I would have just chopped it down. But after I'd heard him speak, I would have bought him his lunch. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. He he was an extraordinary chap, and in fact, that is the correlation between the trees and him, really, isn't it? it it's the it's the presence, the presence mm. of depth, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the constants as well. I think what's been interesting for us making the film and looking at footage of him over a very long period, as far as we're concerned, you know, in human in sort of modern life, forty or fifty years in the public eye, is the constants of his um his values. Um, and I think that's what attracts people to him in a way is that he's he's a very solid um, sort of he has a compass he's got a moral compass and he sticks to that and you know even though he's been exposed because he's been in the public eye for so long no one can he's always people can re re um, rely on him to stand up for what he believed in um, and that sort of moral compass I think is you know that that sort of constant presence something that the trees have you know they stand there they don't change their ways. They don't decide to do something, you know, 180 degree different. They stick to their purpose. And I think Bob's the same. Yeah, there we go. That was my chat with the filmmakers Laurent Billier and Rachel Anthony. And their film, The Giants, is coming to screens very shortly. Um, and there's a couple of ways that you can involve yourself and find out more about this film, which is pretty interesting. The Giants talking the Tarkine Q&A. Um, this is from Documentary Australia. Uh, join us on Thursday the 20th of April for a lunchtime discussion about feature documentary The Giants and how we can protect Australia's precious Gongwanda-era native forests. Uh, it's a Zoom. You can go, go to Documentary Australia and you can find out more. Um, tune in to the webinar to hear filmmaker Laurent Billion and Rachel Anthony 
Bob Brown Foundation Campaign Manager Jenny Weber and Jump Out of Bed Travels Rachel Ullman discuss the unique values of our native forests, their contribution to biodiversity, water security and climate justice and the critical next steps to ensure their conservation into the future. Uh, so go to Documentary Australia and you can find how you can register. It's a free webinar. And later on the same day is a fundraising film night with the Giants and it's from Support the Kuyong Climate Change Alliance. Uh, it's uh, going to be at the Lido Cinema in Hawthorne on the 20th of April and it's 5.30pm for a 6pm start. So there's also going to be Q&A with the filmmaker Book now, they say, and it's $25. As I say, it's a fundraiser, the Lido Cinema, 20th of April. Go to the website and you'll be able to see probably Kuyong Climate Change Alliance, but also the Lido will have information as well. All right, so that's it for me this week. uh, And uh, there'll be more interesting film news next week. we're going to go out with Kutcher Edwards and Eternity. When I'm close to you There is no better place To hold you in my See the smile on your face To whisper in your ear Tell you everything's alright When we're laid together I know where I would rather be Cause I need you here close to me But I would wait for you For eternity When we're not together I dream of only you When I cannot touch you I know not what I do Our love is forever It was meant to be I cannot stop the wanting 
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.